Thanks for joining me on this Cleveland baseball morning. The final from Minute Maid Park in Houston. It's the Astros 9, the Indians 3. I'm Davey Barris, lifelong Cleveland baseball fan, and I want to talk about the actual game on the field, the thing I enjoy, watching baseball being played. And you want some deep analysis for this game? You want some deep storylines in this game? The Indians got their butts kicked. That's it. Plain and simple. The Indians just absolutely got their butts kicked yesterday. Uh, the Houston Astros, everybody on their team was locked in. Uh, everybody on their team were getting hits except for Toro. Toro and Maldonado were the only starters that didn't come up with hits. But Maldonado walked twice and scored a run. So he contributed. The only one who didn't contribute on their offense was Abraham Toro, their third baseman. Everybody else on their team was locked in, especially, especially the top of their lineup. My God, Altuve, Brantley, and Guriel absolutely owned Tristan McKenzie yesterday. All right, so let's get into it. Let's find some storylines in this game. And the big storyline for me is the battle between Tristan McKenzie and Luis Garcia. Both of them are were highly rated prospects in the systems, both of them, McKenzie more than Garcia. Uh, Garcia maxed out, I looked this up, uh, he maxed out in 2020 as their 13th top prospect. Uh, only 13th on their list of prospects. So not even, I mean, McKenzie was number one for a while. Uh, you know, Garcia never even cracked the top 10 for them as far as prospects go, but he has been a pretty good pitcher for them over the last two seasons. So they both came up in the pandemic year. They both are getting some decent run here in their second season. And so I think the battle between Garcia and McKenzie is really the big storyline here. And Garcia absolutely won this battle. Uh, McKenzie's final line on the day, four innings pitched, eight hits, five earned runs, one walk, three strikeouts, with two home runs given up. Now, he's only hard hit six times on 93 pitches, but it was enough. Garcia, his line on the day, six innings pitched, three hits, no earned runs, no walks, eight strikeouts, no home runs allowed on 79 pitches. Uh, He is hard hit five times on the day. Um, So, yeah, it wasn't even that, you know, not that many pitches to go six innings, 79 pitches to go six innings. Uh, meanwhile, McKenzie labored with 93 pitches to get through four innings. So what was going on in this game for McKenzie? I think it was mechanics. Uh, there was a great shot from the Indians broadcast team of McKenzie coming off the mound in between innings and him and Carl Willis going over mechanics in the bullpen or in the dugout, uh, you know, going over going over the way he brings his arms up, you know, in his in his wind-up and uh, the way he extends and finds balance and then comes forward to the mound. It looks like those were the kind of things Willis was talking about in the very... It was a quick shot in the dugout, but in that shot in the dugout where you can see them clearly engaged in a conversation about mechanics. And that's a big thing for McKenzie. They've talked about it. Repeating mechanics for him is going to be huge. Uh, to be able to throw strikes consistently, and to be able to dominate like he did against Kansas City a few weeks ago. And I actually want to compare those two starts for McKenzie, because I think it's a big difference there. 
And if we go over to the illustrator for both games, uh, in that start against Kansas City, he was using the fastball effectively up in the zone. But he was getting that slider to sweep across the zone and keeping it down, keeping it away from hitters. Same thing with a curveball. He was burying that curveball down in the zone. Now, if you look at the illustrator from this start, everything is up. Yes, the fastball is still up, which is fine. Still being aggressive with the fastball, but his sliders are up. He threw a ton of sliders at the top of the zone or above it. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight sliders at the top of the zone or above it. Not one slider, not one single slider from Tristan McKenzie yesterday below the knees. Not one below the knees. Curveball, he got three below the knees of all the curveballs he threw yesterday. That's not good. That is not good enough. You've got to get those pitches down. And then if we go to the uh, player breakdowns against the Royals, you know, looking at the CSW and the whiff rates and everything like that. Against the Royals, his CSW on his fastball was 30%, seven whiffs on 33 swings. On the slider, it was 44%. On the curveball, it wasn't much. It was only it was a 7% CSW because they weren't, he, they weren't swinging at it. They were just watching it go. So only four swings on 15 curveballs. Uh, now, if you look at this start against the Astros, um, it's actually quite similar with the fastball. 37 swings, 7 whiffs, only 6 called strikes though. So CSW is down at 22% compared against the Royals when it was at 33, 30%. The slider is also down. They were not whiffing at the slider as much. 12 swings on the slider, only 3 whiffs. He's only got a 27% CSW on the slider against Houston, whereas against the Royals, he was up at 44%. CSW on that pitch and uh, no whiffs on the curveball, although he did get a couple of called strikes on it. So it's a 24% CSW on the day, whereas against the Royals, it was up at a 28% CSW. So those are some big differences there. Uh, Those are some huge differences there when it comes to those pitches and that's mechanics. I mean, you could clearly tell from the conversation in the dugout that is mechanics. And that's that's the good news is that's something he can work on. It's not saying his stuff isn't there. In fact, the fastball velocity was good. Averaged 92.6 mile per hour on it. Got it up to 94.9. Um, so the fastball velocity was good. I just lost in this duel. And we'll dive into some more pitching numbers. First, what happened in this game, right? I got to tell you, I'm sure most of you watched the game. But uh, it was Jose Altuve doing a ton of damage. He had two hits on the day, both of them solo home runs in his first two at-bats. And so that's how things started for McKenzie. And if it would just had been that, that would have been okay. But he got into that fifth inning, and things just fell apart. It's one thing if a guy just has your number, right? Altuve just had McKenzie's number. Uh, But the Indians should have been able to survive that. They weren't able to give him any run support when all he was doing was holding them to two solo home runs. Then in the fifth inning, it all falls apart. He hits Michael Brantley to start. Then Guriel singles, Jordan Alvarez singles. Um, That was a single through the shift, and that really hurt the Indians. Uh, a, A wild pitch allowed Guriel and Brantley to move up, 
And then Alvarez beats the shift, goes through the left side of the infield where there was absolutely nobody there. Both runs come in to score. Uh, Hedges can't handle the throw coming in from the outfield that skips away from him. Otherwise, he had moved forward to take the throw so that he could throw to second and nab Alvarez going to second. Instead, he can't handle the throw and Alvarez is safe at second. They would strike out Correa. Uh, at this point, I think Alvarez was the last batter for McKenzie, and Sandlin would come in, uh, strike out uh, Correa, but then Kyle Tucker, he challenges him with a high fastball, and Sandlin, we were just talking about how effective he was. Uh, he got a strikeout the other day challenging someone with a high, a lefty with a fastball high and in and tight. This one, not as effective. Uh, This one, he leaves out over the plate just a little bit, just a little too much. And uh, Kyle Tucker absolutely cranks it for a home run. Um, And he's lucky. I mean, he had just shown him a fastball in that same position, but he had thrown it off the plate and actually got it for a called strike. Uh, This misses by a full baseball, you know, with, and he still gets it called for a strike. Uh, but then throws him one out over the plate. Um, it's still on the inner half of the plate, but way more room for extension, way more room for Kyle Tucker to get his hands through on that second fastball he threw him as opposed to that first one that really jammed him in and tight. So Nick Sandlin knew it the minute he threw the pitch. He knows that if he's going to come in on those lefties, if he's going to challenge those lefties, it's got to be in and tight. He can't leave it out over the plate like that. And Kyle Tucker hits a big home run. So at this point, I mean, the route is just on. At this point, they're up. uh, Let's go back. Did they do any more damage in that fifth inning? Uh, Yeah, they would. The home run would not be the end of it. Uh, They would end up loading the bases then after that. So after the home run, usually the home run is a rally killer. And Toro would ground out after that, which would be the second out. Then Straw would single. Maldonado would walk. Jose Altuve would walk. And then Michael Brantley would rope with the bases loaded, rope a single into right field, 100.4 mile power exit velocity. Uh, this was off of uh, Garza. This wasn't even off Sandlin. Sandlin couldn't even get out of the inning. When he walked Altuve, he was done. Garza comes in, actually finishes the game. And uh, Michael Brantley with the bases loaded. I mean, come on. The best hitter in baseball right now. Uh, lines it into right field. Maldonado, or Straw comes in to score. Maldonado comes in to score. Altuve gets held up in between uh, second and third and basically just gives up. Just lets, uh, lets uh, Ernie Clement tag him. And at that point, it felt like the Houston Astros were like, yeah, we've got this one. Like, fine. Altuve didn't even make an effort to get back to second base. He was like, just, yeah, we got our eight runs. Just tag me. So at this point, it's 8 nothing, And, I mean, the route was really on. I mean, the Indians scratch back with a few runs in the eighth innings. Uh, four hits in a row for the Indians off of former Cleveland Indian Joe Smith. Clement would single, get a little revenge for a single that was robbed from him earlier in the game. Altuve made an incredible leaping catch behind second base to steal a hit from Ernie Clement. So he gets a little revenge with a 102.6 mile per hour single. Bradley Zimmer would follow that up 
with a weak single, 30.3 mile per hour exit velocity, but it goes for a single. Uh, and then Ahmed Rosario would double. Uh, he would uh, hit one off the facing. I love the fields that, I think Boston's like this too, where they have that facing out in the outfield where it basically is flat to home plate. So he makes it fair down the third base line. It hits that facing, ricochets out into left field, uh, brings one run into score, Clement, and then runners at second and third. And then Cesar Hernandez would uh, deliver a double off the left field wall, bringing in the next two runs to score. However, that would be the end of the rally as Fermil Reyes would pop out, Roberto Perez would ground out, pinch hitting for Bobby Bradley, and then Harold Ramirez would strike out to end that threat. They said that Bobby Bradley just had some back tightness and didn't feel like putting him up there for another at-bat was the smart move, especially because it was a blowout. So that's why Roberto Perez goes in. We'll see if that means Bobby Bradley takes a day off or if he's back out there, you know, a little hot tub, a little uh, therapy, and he's back out there. Maybe with one of those uh, Shaquille O'Neal icy hot patches on his back, but if he's back out there playing first base tonight. Um... So yeah, that I mean that's basically the ball game there. Even the final out, I mean the Indians put together a little rally in the ninth inning. Hedges singles, Ernie Clement walks, Zimmer would strike out, and Ahmed Rosario would fly out to center field to end it. Nobody, I mean they didn't even look excited in Houston. They they looked like they were already thinking about dinner plans after that fifth inning. The guy who catches a straw in center field, um, no reaction. The pitcher on the mound, Blake Taylor, no reaction to winning the baseball game. Just like, yeah, okay, we this this has been coming for for an hour now. So uh, that's basically what went down in this game. It was a route by Houston. Um, digging into uh, Garcia versus Tristan McKenzie here, and what was the difference? Well, going over to Fangraphs, I love that they show us these team plate discipline numbers. And looking at the plate discipline numbers from McKenzie and from Garcia, here's here we go. Outside the zone swinging, Garcia 41.5%. Indians hitters went outside the zone 41.5% of the time against him. McKenzie 41.4. Inside the zone swinging, Indians were only down at 65.4. Meanwhile, the Astros we're swinging at McKenzie 75.7% of the time in the zone. The total swing rate for the Indians against Garcia, 49.4%. Against McKenzie, the Astros, 54.8%. So the Astros are just being more aggressive here, especially in the strike zone. They were locked in to pitches coming in the strike zone. Uh, the contact rate is better for uh, the Astros against McKenzie than it is against the Indians against Garcia. Outside the zone contact, Indians were at 54.5% against Garcia. Astros were at 69.6% against McKenzie. Inside the zone contact rate, this is huge here. The Indians against Garcia were only at 70.6%. So of the times they swung, which was 65.4% of the time, they were making contact 70.6% of the time. Meanwhile, the Astros were making contact against McKenzie 89.3% of the time. Total for the day when the Indians swung at Garcia, they were only making contact 61.5% of the time. When the Astros swung at McKenzie, they were making contact 80.4% of the time. Now, they were both in the strike zone around the same amount. McKenzie was just under 40% in the strike zone, whereas Garcia was actually down at almost 33% 
in the strike zone. But, but the first pitch strikes. Now, here's the difference. First pitch strikes for Garcia, 85.7% of the time, first pitch strike. Then was going out of the zone and getting Indians hitters to chase. McKenzie, first pitch strike, still really good, 72.7%, but not as good as Garcia. And then the swinging strike. Garcia's swinging strike percentage was at 19%, whereas Tristan McKenzie's was only at 10.8%. So clearly, Garcia got the Indians to swing outside the strike zone more, got them to chase more, and uh, kept them off balance because they weren't swinging at pitches in the zone as much, whereas McKenzie was getting beat up in the strike zone a lot more than Garcia was. So there is the huge difference over there on fan graphs. And, I mean, it is a huge difference between Garcia and McKenzie on the season. Garcia is 7-5 and five on the season with a 2.86 ERA in 16 starts. 18 games pitched total, but 16 starts. 91 innings pitched. McKenzie is at 1-4 on the season with a 5.91 ERA. He's got 12 starts, 13 games pitched. He's only pitched 53.1 innings. But, I mean, Garcia is clearly having the better second season. And, in fact, if you look at the percentile rankings, Garcia is in the red in a ton of things. Up in the 76th percentile for both expected weighted on base percentage, expected ERA, expected batting average. K percentage is in the 76th percentile. Barrel percentage is in the 70th percentile. Whiff percentage is at the 82nd percentile. Pretty darn good. Chase rate is at the 73rd percentile. Meanwhile, McKenzie, oh boy, it is not good. Average exit velocity, he is the first percentile. He is getting smoked when he gets hit. Hard hit percentage, third percentile. Expected weighted on base percentage, 23rd percentile. Expected ERA, 23rd percentile. Uh, the only things that are good, so for some reason, the expected batting average is up at the 74th percentile. So he keeps hitters to a low batting average. But when they do hit him, they absolutely destroy him. His whiff rate is up at 78 percentile. We know McKenzie can get some strikeouts, but his walk percentage, first percentile. First percentile. Just way too many walks on the season. So that's what's going on between those two rookie pitchers. Look, I wish there was more I could dive into. They're just, oh, man. Bradley Zimmer was hitting leadoff today for the Indi- or last night for the Indians. Uh, Jose Ramirez got the day off. They said that his elbow flares up from time to time. So if you see him taking a day off, it's because they're giving the elbow a little bit of a rest. I think he heard it, remember diving for a ball a few weeks ago. So they go back to Bradley Zimmer as the leadoff, and Cesar Hernandez drops down to hit third. Instead of Bobby Bradley coming up to hit third or Harold Ramirez or someone, they drop Cesar Hernandez down to third, give that a try, Give Bradley Zimmer another chance to lead off after he did so well the other day. He goes one for five. He does score a run. He strikes out twice. Not really uh, the same effect that it had the other day in Oakland. Cesar Hernandez does have that big double uh, that drives in two runs from the three-hole, but he also struck out twice earlier in the game. So he's only one for four in the day. Uh, the only ones with multi-hits for the Indians, Daniel Johnson actually singled twice. Daniel Johnson's got his average up to 200, uh, so that's good to see. And Ernie Clement uh, singled twice and uh, scored a run there 
and had a walk. Ernie Clement from the nine hole was on base three times yesterday, and it should have been four times. It absolutely should have been four times. He was absolutely robbed by uh, Jose Altuve. In fact, the expected batting average on that lineout was 760. 760 for Ernie Clement. And you know what? You know what? For being on base three times from the nine spot and nearly four times, I'm going to give Ernie Clement MVP for the day. Uh, yeah, that's a decent showing there from the nine hole for a guy who's only hitting 217 since he's been called up. Uh, him and Daniel Johnson both have a lot of these guys. A lot of these guys called up from AAA. They get up and start facing major league pitching, and suddenly game gets a lot tougher. That jump from AAA to the majors is huge. And you're seeing it in Owen Miller. You're seeing it in uh, Daniel Johnson, Clement, Bobby Bradley a little bit. His average is down at 220, even though his OPS is still up at 845. It's a big jump, and it's going to take time. It takes time to figure it out. Uh, Every now and then, you get a rookie that just comes up and is just out of this world. But usually, it, it takes time to figure out Major League Pitching. All right, that's really all my thoughts on this game. I mean, how much do you want to analyze a good butt whooping uh, like the Astros put on us? Uh, I wish there was some good trade deadline stuff to talk about, but there's not. There's just a bunch of the same rumors you've been hearing for a month circulating. If you go over on MLB Trade Rumors, if you go over to the Indians tab, there is literally nothing, nothing about the Indians. You know, something about, uh, you know, difficult decisions ahead, maybe some possible names that could be moved. Basically, they name everybody on the team. There is nothing on MLB trade rumors right now about the Cleveland Indians, and there's nothing about any recent activity. So we still sit and wait on that. Congratulations to the Milwaukee Bucks as NBA champions. It means the Cavs draft is just around the corner. Uh, I'm leaning towards Evan Mobley now. Uh, that's that's kind of where I kind of want that guy looks pretty, pretty dominant. And uh, will he get more athletic as he you know, grows up? And could he become a real force uh, the way, you know, like an Anthony Davis has become a force in the NBA? And uh, what else is going on? The first all-female broadcast team did the Rays, I think it was Rays-Baltimore game uh, yesterday for YouTube TV. That's actually awesome. That is fantastic, and obviously, I did not have time to watch it last night. It was a 7 o'clock game last night between getting dinner ready, and I actually, I did yoga with my wife last night. Uh, Between that and watching the Indians game, I didn't have time, but I plan on uh, listening to a little of that game. I just want to listen to a little of it today at work, so while I'm sitting in my edit suite working, uh, I'm going to throw that game on in a little bit and listen, and that is fantastic. More women that get involved in Major League Baseball and knock down that old boys club uh, and, you know, get into this game. That is just absolutely fantastic. So, uh, you know, increasing representation in any area of life is always excellent. We should have a diverse set of views in this game. So, and in anything in life. So, uh, that is absolutely fantastic. So I'm looking forward to listening to a little of that today, even though I know the outcome of the game. The Rays ended up kicking Baltimore's butt. So that's all my thoughts. Thanks for joining me on this Cleveland baseball morning. Again, the final from Houston. It's the Astros 9, the Indians 3. 
the Astros proving that they're one of the best teams in the American League and the Indians are not at that level yet. We got one more game against them before we come home against Tampa Bay. It's going to be Eli Morgan on the mound looking to bring that ridiculous ERA down a little bit more from where it started against Toronto. He's going against McCullers Jr., who's only one of the best pitchers in the American League right now, 7-2 and two with a 2.8 ERA. So the Indians, it's not going to get any easier tonight. All right, you can follow me on Twitter at Davey Barris. You can email the show at clevelandbaseballmornings at gmail.com. Let me know your thoughts on the game, and we'll discuss them on the show. Also, I'm hosting this podcast on Anchor, so if you go to anchor.fm forward slash clevelandbaseballmornings, you can leave a voicemail for the show. We'll play them back in the air, respond to your thoughts, and we'll have a fun conversation amongst the fans about baseball. So thanks again for joining me on this Cleveland Baseball Morning. <laughs>